0: Hi guys, it's been quite a minute. I haven't done this in a while. I'm here in the studio today with my friend Jonathan. So, yeah, They can't see you, so you need to say hi.
1: <laughs> I was surprised you kept doing it again. I thought you were just going to cut everything off, because I said mm. hi in the beginning.
0: <laughs> I just deleted the whole thing. You didn't tell me that, homie. No, I said
1: I'm going to start over. <laughs> I didn't start over with the story, not like the no. whole like segment. No, start over, go.
0: <laughs> hi, I'm Jonathan.
1: So I say it now, Do I wait for you to say it? Go, right now. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thank you, Chris, for having me over. It's a pleasure.
0: (laughs) I'm leaving all this in there. (laughs) Bro. Okay. So for the past couple weeks, I've been feeling to talk about Abram and Lot, starting in chapter 12 of Genesis. I will read it. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So this is Abram's call and covenant. And then moving on, before we go on to chapter 13, he didn't follow God's call and command completely. He did all of it except one thing. He was to leave his native country, his relatives, and his father's family. He brought some of his family with him, which was Lot. He brought his brother's son, which is his nephew. And a lot of times I find myself God telling me to do something, and then I don't do exactly everything. I do everything, but 1% <laughs> I leave out and I don't exactly do it all, which is honestly complete disobedience. But. So in between chapter 12 and 13, Abram and Lot acquired a lot of wealth from Pharaoh. And they had so much wealth that they literally could not even contain it. So it forced them to separate into two different lands. And in Genesis 13, verses 6, it says, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abram's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Perizzite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me Oh my gosh.
1: I pray.
0: I pray thee between me and thee, and between my herdmen and thy herdmen, for we be brethren. So honestly, I feel like God may have used that situation for a reason to separate Lot from Abram so that he can fulfill the call, the covenant that he put in his life. And if you skip down to chapter, chapter 13, again, verses 14 through 17, it says, And the Lord said unto Abram, After that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest thee will I give it into thy seed forever. And I I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in length of it and breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. So after reading the story, it hit me the other day. I was like, wow, God held back his blessings from Abram because he did not obey him to the fullest extent. Yes, he obeyed him like about 99%, but that 1% held back all blessings from flowing to him. And it wasn't until Lot was separated from Abram that God renewed the covenant to him again and it hit me because i've been dealing with this thing that god's been telling me to do and he was like i need you to do basically give all of this and i was like okay well uh i will give you literally i gave god probably like 95 percent, and i held on to the other five percent as kind of like an insurance i was like i don't i don't know if i want to get rid of this I don't know because like I was kind of scared like right. if I get rid of all this what am I going to have to hold back or like what am I going to have to hold on to like what if something happens I need this as like an insurance policy kind of so I wouldn't hold on to it well then I checked myself I was like that's literally me not having full faith in God that he can do what he's called me to do and so I finally was like oh, okay God literally did say all of it and here I am holding on to like Three, four percent of it. I need to give it up. And actually, today as we speak, <laughs> I went and got rid of. Them. Basically, I I gave. Amen. The, I know I gave. I gave the hundred percent. I gave it all. So now I'm kind of waiting to see. Like, okay, God, I'm really. <laughs> hello, I'm stepping out of the boat right now. <laughs> We're gonna see what's gonna happen. Hopefully, something. <laughs> God blesses me now. Let the blessings flow, please. <laughs> because I've been over here drowning. <laughs> I mean I've been I've been surviving, but I mean like I'm wondering over here, I'm praying, I'm like, why is nothing happening? And then like in the back of my mind I know what God told me, but I'm like Right, right. Surely it can't be the measly little bit that I left behind. That's not what's holding back the blessings. But no, honestly it probably was the whole thing that was holding it back.
1: Well, to me, this is just a story of obedience and trust. Like there are times God tells us to give up that relationship up on the altar and sometimes We kind of withhold it you know like god tells us give up that boy give up that girl and we do but we still want to text them we still want to as much as we can't talk to them and god's like you know what i'm not going to bless you until you give me that one thing that you love and you see it all the time in churches and bible college there's times where god calls people to see some consecration season loneliness there are times i've been disobedient you know like god tells me you know i want more time with you you know like go to that secret place and I would make that excuse in my mind of, oh, God, I'm giving you like 95% of my time. I want this other 5% with my friends because I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it gets boring, you know, but God's like, no, I want 100% of the time. I'm trying to show you things that I haven't revealed
0: to you yet. True, true. Now, like, I mean, I don't, obviously you can't give like 100% of your time because you got to work and sleep and go to school. But like, what do you mean by like 100% of your time?
1: To me, it's kind of like a relationship. I kind of spoke about this in a preaching that I did last Sunday, but it's like whenever you meet that boy or girl, you want to give them all your available time is what I mean. So okay. whatever available to, available time that you have outside of church, outside of work, you're going to give to that boy or girl that you like. So
0: why can't you do that with God? It's kind of like the bride and the bridegroom, you know, like it's supposed to be a relationship. That reminds me, um, brings me back to this thought. Uh, this past Landmark, which was like third week of January, We would always, not just at Landmark, but everywhere that I've, for years, you always hear, like, from the preacher, I stayed at that altar all night long till I got (laughs) something from God. I wasn't leaving until I left with it. Holy Ghost. I know. And I was like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, yes, Jesus. And then, (laughs) like, right after that, I was like... Yeah, well, not tonight. I need to go to the <laughs> I'm not going to do that tonight. Maybe another night. Yeah. <laughs> but I've been saying that literally for probably like 10 years. Like, oh, another time, another time, another time. And like it's turned into a serious procrastination. And right, so right. I've never actually like gone deeper and sat there until I got something from God. Yeah, I get something here and there, but I get that little touch and I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, a, you know, I'm going to move on. But this landmark, I remember Pastor Haney was talking about once you reach that different level that deeper level with god it's like you don't want to go back you right. just want to go, go deeper and deeper and deeper and so that landmark i don't know what hit me it's a big conference and you know everyone wants to hang out afterwards but i literally told myself like i'm not going to hang out afterwards i don't care about going out to eat i don't i don't want to do anything afterwards i'm literally just going to sit here and focus on god and get something i'm not going to leave here until I feel different until I feel right. like I got something. I sat there and I was like praying, praying, praying. And I was talking to God and literally I was like, God, I'm not leaving here until I get something. And let me tell you, I actually, I, I, I said to myself too, I was like, please God, don't let me stay here till midnight or something. <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps, Lord. <laughs> and so I, I was praying and, and sure enough, he, he gave me something and I felt completely different from that night, I literally felt like I broke through a wall that I've been trying to break through for several years. And once I experienced that deeper level, that deeper intimacy with God, I was like, wow, I don't want to ever take any other service in my life for granted again. I don't want to become a casual Christian that's on autopilot where I just go from service to service and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I need just another service, raise my hands, all right, bye, praise the Lord, and leave. I want to use every opportunity possible to go deeper with God, to leave completely changed, completely different. And honestly, something that to me is so like inspiring is these revivals that have been breaking out in all these different colleges. And it's like these people were literally just looking for a deeper relation with God and bam, a revival broke out. And it's like, Some people ask the questions like, oh, you know, like why that happens all the time in our churches? Why isn't it like, you know, like happening in ours where it's all these times? I legit like correct me if I'm wrong. Like this is just my opinion. I feel like we're so used to it all the time that it's just it's become so casual. We've become what do you call it? Not like procrastinate. Not like we've become lukewarm in a sense sometimes to it. And it's just like, oh, yeah." yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just another service. Like, here we go again. But. After I hit that new level, I was like, I can't take this for granted anymore. I have to go deeper every time. Right. I remember Brother Blackshear on uh, Real
1: Time. He said, if you're hungry, anything tastes good. So it doesn't matter. I mean, it's like with food. If you're really hungry, come off an extended fast. You could be eating the worst thing possible, but you just want to eat. It's and so the same true. thing comes with sermons where it's like, if you're really hungry for the Word of God, it doesn't matter who's preaching it. It could be a freshman. It could be Billy Cole raised from the dead preaching it. Like, you want to <laughs> hear it. But when you were uh, speaking earlier, it reminded me of the word self-gratification, and it's the indulgence or satif- uh, satisfaction of one's own desire. And the reason why a lot of us don't want to like wait for God to like, respond to us in a prayer is because we want things now. Like We don't feel God within five yeah. minutes. We don't want to push back our flesh. Yeah. And I remember at uh, the Lifeline conference with Joe Campatilla, I was laid out on the altar, and I'm like, you know what? I'm about to go out to eat right now. But God's like, wait. And I'm like, Oh, my ribs were hurting, honeycut. My <laughs> ribs were hurting. And I remember a brother went up to me, and he uh, gave a word from God, and he's like, the thing you're not giving up is hurting your relationship with him. And that just struck me. Like, I was pushing back my flesh at that moment to hear from God, and he
0: finally gave me that word. There's been many times where God has convicted me to get rid of something, and I literally try to twist it in a different light. Like, well, maybe he meant like this, or maybe he (laughs) just meant that. Like, you didn't really mean for me to do that. And it's like, I've been holding on for a long time. Well, that has been Out of the Boat with Jonathan today. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Hopefully you can have me back on the show. Oh, 100%.